Before we start today's episode of Zillennial Canon, we just wanted to let you know that there's a link in our description to some friends of the pod, including Adam's second podcast, Aggressively Okay, that he hosts with Joe, Back to Back, Seltzer Cast, and a few others that we know you'll enjoy. Thanks for supporting us, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Okay, y'all might have already, like, done, recorded, already edited fucking the episode for Saw, but, I mean, I felt like I just had to call and say that I literally love Saw so much. I, uh, man, I didn't plan anything for this. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's me. It's me, Zach, by the way. So, Zach, that podcast, you should listen to it. Uh <laughs> I'm not, I'm not plugging right now. Uh, no, for real. I love the Saw movies. I have, like, always loved the Saw movies. I feel like they're probably my, like, Fast and Furious, like, is for Adam, <laughs> where just, like, I love them so much. I get the criticisms I really do, but also I could provide every reason why they're still awesome and fun and actually way better than most people give them credit for. And yeah, I was really happy to see y'all were talking about this. I was guessing it was probably for Spiral, which I'm literally going to see like night it comes out. So <laughs> I'm really excited and I'm really excited for this episode. So it's kind of weird that I'm calling before when I may potentially be in it. I might not. I called late. I meant to call at lunch. I get it. It's whatever. But anyways, love Saul. Love y'all. Later. Hi everybody, welcome back to um, If I Were Trapped in a Room with a Guy Named Adam, I Would Simply Start a Podcast. This is Millennial <laughs> Cannon. Actually, I'm yeah. Kira. fun fact, we have been stuck in a trap for uh, since what, August of 2019? Yeah. And that's how we've been recording. This is, that's the studio, it's just the leaky little <laughs> basement that they're in. in the first that's season. why the audio is sometimes so bad, and it's not because yeah. I forgot to apply the DSer to my audio track last yeah. week. <laughs> Well, it's because I finally, I finally like cha- like sawed off my leg, and I got yeah. to go to the mic. Yeah. So, but I just for the first like few episodes, I was just recording on a shitty, a shitty mic. So yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Joey's in the corner too. Uh, yeah. The entire network is actually trapped in the room yeah, together. Yeah. Courtney, uh, Zach, all those guys. You know. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so. Today we're covering Saw 2004, and for this movie, I thought, uh, who better to have on the pod than my good friend, Sarah Hall? How are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you? Doing great. And you know what? Here's the thing. Like, I have said this on uh, my other podcast, AOK, that we've had you on before, but I there's no one I trust more to have on for a <laughs> horror movie podcast than you. Because your expertise, your love, your passion for it is unmatched, truly. Aw, thank you for saying that. I appreciate <laughs> it. Even though I may just be a ma expert. Uh, <laughs> nice to know. <laughs> nice to know, yeah. Well, we're ma stands here on Zillennial Canon. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's for sure. I'll just make that political statement right now. We support ma. 
I'm pretty sure every movie that me and Sarah went to go see together in 2019, we talked about Ma every single time. (laughs) Like, we hung out. Like, I distinctly remember when we went to go see The Irishman, we talked about Ma the entire time. Like, (laughs) the whole whole movie. Like, actually, during the scene where he gets shot, like, we were talking throughout. We were just like, oh, man, Ma would be so great in this. Like, yeah. Yeah. Listen, I'm waiting for them to announce Halloween Horror Nights this year. When are we getting a Ma house? Right. I know. Right. Come on. Ma's basement. Even if it's like not even like a house, if it's just like a food stand where That's you could like get like some beer or something. Ma's basement. No, go to Ma's keg. Get Ma's keg just to like top you <laughs> off. They give you like red solo cups. <laughs> Come, Come on, on, Jason Blum. <laughs> we know you're listening. I would kill for that, literally. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh, so Sarah, I wanted to start with you first because, um, we, we talk about our memories with this movie, but I, I don't think we've ever really talked about Saw before me and you. So I'm curious, like, Hmm. what are your memories with, I guess, not only the first Saw movie, but like the franchise as a whole? Yeah. So Saw was actually one of the first horror movies I really got into when I was starting to watch horror. Mm -hmm. Uh, I sort of went in the deep end right at the front. Like, I feel like most people start with lighter movies. Maybe they start with, like, Tim Burton kind of things and then escalate. Um, I just dump right in. I Mm -hmm. went and saw the, like, not the most disturbing ones, but definitely not something a 12-year-old should see kind of movies. Like, I saw Saw, Hostel, uh, The Hills Have Eyes remake. I remember watching that at 12. uh, Texas Mm -hmm. Chainsaw. And I remember getting some of the Saw movies on DVD and watching them on my portable DVD player <laughs> when I was like <laughs> in eighth grade. And that That's was like... Millennial Canon, portable yeah. DVD player. <laughs> yeah. Player check. yeah, I held mine on for way too long, I think, to like 2013. Like I definitely had like an iPod touch by then. Mm-hmm. Don't know why I had it. But yeah, I watched Saw on that. And that's kind of what started my love for horror and movies in general. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because I've known this about you. I've known that you're like a horror enthusiast, obviously, but I didn't know that um, Saw was such a uh, like a formidable point for like the your love for the genre and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it really was. Kira, I'm just gonna mm-hmm. take a wild guess here and say you don't have any memories with Saw. Um, not no. I think mostly like I remember like the posters because. Like, I've actively avoided these movies specifically because I'm, like, like, I can watch, like, violent movies, but, like, there are specific things that I'm, like, so sensitive to Mm -hmm. that I'm just, like, I know that it would happen in one of these movies. Like, anything with, like, eyes, like, fingernails, like, teeth, anything with, like, veins, anything like that. I'm, like, I know that something like that is going to happen in these movies, and I remember seeing, like, like gross like fingernails on one of the posters and I was like no (laughs) yeah (laughs) so I just have actively avoided them my whole life and then for this one Sean was like it's like a play it's like a play you'll like it like the first one is like a play this the rest of them are not like that and you said the same thing to me Adam was like the rest of them are like like they're what you think but this one isn't and I was pleasantly surprised so yeah yeah um I yeah, it's funny what you mentioned about, like, you hadn't seen the movies, but you remember, like, the posters and, like, the marketing and, like, mm-hmm. the, the era of which, like, it all came out. Because um, from, like, 2004 to 2010, like, when the original series took place, 
there is a Saw movie every Halloween. Um, and I distinctly remember my first memory with Saw was seeing the trailer for it on uh, Bright House on Demand Check. Not Spectrum, but before Spectrum, there was Bright House. And if you went on to the on-demand channel, they just constantly played trailers for movies. And I saw the trailer for Saw on there, and I was like, what is this movie? When I was like seven years old or something. Oh, God. <laughs> yes. And I was, cause, but this was like post like Michael Myers for me. This was like post Chucky. So I was advancing very subtly into my love for horror at a very young and unhealthy age. <laughs> and um, I don't know how I got a hold of Saw. I really couldn't tell you. I probably had like a free weekend on Showtime or something, and we watched it. Or not we, I alone watched it and um, loved it at a young age. And I definitely saw like bits and pieces of two and three as the years went on. Um, and obviously I could never see them in theaters because I was way too young. But I remember watching bootleg copies of like uh, the all the sequels. So like I would have to like wait for them to like illegally get uploaded online. Um, and I was very invested in the series at a very young age. Um, and I don't know, the marketing team just did a very good job at like getting you excited for each sequel that came out. And, um, yeah. And then I've had, you know, the ups and downs of seeing it, um, end in 2010 and then, uh, Jigsaw, which was not good, came out. And hopefully Spiral, which uh, it's Tuesday and uh, as we're recording, and it comes out this Friday, so hopefully it's good. But uh, today we're talking about the first Saw, which I think holds up incredibly well, personally. Um, directed by James Wan, by the way. One of his, I think this is his first movie, right? I think so, yeah. yeah. If it wasn't, it was the one that definitely launched his career. Yeah, it's really, really impressive because, I mean, me and Kira talk about this a lot on the pod, but like movies from our favorite directors that like we, we often cover like their first outings. And it's really interesting to like see where all the like, because I think James Wan is like one of the most attentive filmmakers. Like he, his attention to detail is like immaculate in anything he does. Like the Conjuring movies, um, even Aquaman, like his attention to detail and like his world building and just even in this, like just the subtle way he like puts clues in each frame that you don't necessarily pick up on right away. He just has a great understanding of how to craft a perfect mystery. And, and I'm jumping in right away, but damn, does he do a great job with this movie. So yeah. Kira, as a first uh, timer... I kind of, I'm really curious what you thought. Um, I thought it was interesting, like, like, I kind of wrote these as, like, afterthoughts and also, like, towards the end, but, like, I, I think it does work here, but I think a big trope of, like, um, like, villains, um, like, motivations being, like, they want to die, so I'm gonna punish them, it's, like, buddy... If you tried to punish me for wanting to die, that'll only like increase my death drive by a million percent. Well, <laughs> I, I I find it very funny that you already feel that way about Jigsaw because um, I don't know how you feel about it, Sarah, but I, I I feel like we probably agree. Like Jigsaw in the first movie, you 
you don't necessarily agree with him, but you kind of sort of understand where he's coming from from a weird point of view. Like you understand his motives, but as the sequels go on, <laughs> then his reasons for trapping people is like, um, she was upset that her kid died. I'm like, yeah, 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 I'm with you. yeah me too, actually. Well, I, I read about one and this sounded interesting and like, I've obviously never seen it. This one sounded interesting that he was like getting revenge on like an insurance company, yes. like an insurance yes. guy that like denied him benefits or something. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, that's an interesting direction to go in. Yes. Saw <laughs> is, uh, that one is um, especially a, like weird to me because it was the sixth one after like a slew of bad movies. In comes Saw 6, which has, I would say, the best traps of the entire entire series. It actually somehow says something, uh, which every single one tries to do, but kind of fails at. But it's actually like a legitimately good horror movie. And then the next one's awful too. But like, it's just that weird metal <laughs> piece that's actually really good. Um, yeah, stream Saw 6 for clear skin. That's my, <laughs> that's my advice. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's like, I know there's one, uh, is it Saw 3, that it kind of entirely centers around, like, someone, like a, oh, yeah, the couple that, like, loses their kid. And I'm just, like, you're making me do some serious mental gymnastics to, like, mm-hmm. villainize <laughs> these people. Yeah. Um, but I think it's even Saw 6 where there's a character who, um, I think she's being questioned by Hoffman about, like, um, if the experience of being in Jigsaw's trap like because she's like one of the people that gets out and she loses her arm and then she's like he's like did you do you feel changed after you did it and she's like i lost my fucking arm like no i'm traumatized (laughs) like (laughs) like so i think the series is very critical of jigsaw's like ideologies but at the same time again as the series progresses of course you it's really interesting though to follow him and his followers because they're even though it's not a right ideology they're so committed to it which is what makes it interesting like they fully believe it even though we don't which mm-hmm. i like that's what i like about it um so like even just as like, as a contained thriller kira uh did you like find this like effective yeah i definitely think so i think it was like super engaging and like with all of the um like i i just think that it really like it being described to me as a play like I really felt that right like even in the, like from the beginning where it was like I think he wants us to cut off our feet and then like I'm like oh I know that's coming <laughs> like I'm just like <laughs> waiting for it like I definitely think so and it was crazy because I never really felt like it was like jump scares or anything like it mostly just like and it's funny because I thought that the whole thing would ride on like this puppet being like the like scary like serial killer that would like jump up and be like hello like like scaring you but like it's not like literally for the full like first half hour of the movie i was like okay where is this gay little puppet like where's he at like <laughs> before he like pops up on the tv <laughs> Wait. i'm sorry this gay little puppet um <laughs> He has a name, Kira. His name's Jigsaw. No, 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 I'm sorry. His name's Billy the Puppet. Um, my favorite was in Saw 3 where they show Jigsaw's origins of him like building the baby Billy. Like it's like a little miniature Billy. And I'm, 
it's just so fucking funny that he's just he's had this in his head for like 10 years he's just he's just now making adult billy he has like a little billy in a crib it's really funny <laughs> um sarah i know you rewatch this for the pod uh so i'm curious like how do you think it holds up in 2021 <laughs> So I ended up not actually having enough time to rewatch it, unfortunately, (laughs) but I did read a synopsis really quick to sort of remind myself of everything that happened. And I think it really does hold up. Um, I think maybe the other ones might not, um, but I think the structure of this one and the intent of all of it definitely works nowadays um, because it's such a simple premise too. I feel like the more simple things are going to last longer than mm-hmm. trying to like, Oh, let's see which way this guy's head can spin, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's interesting though, because like that is really the rhyme and reason of like every horror franchise. Like I would say like every horror franchise like starts pretty small, pretty simple. And if it makes money, the only logical step is to go bigger and badder in the sequels. And, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I personally, like, love Saw 2 and 3, and I have a lot of affinity for 6, but, like, 4, 5, 7, and Jigsaw are pretty bad movies. <laughs> and you're right. Like, those, I think that is a good, like, a, a good, like, like, like just look at it, because it's, like, it, it did lose a lot of weight when it got less personal, because the reason why this one specifically works so well is because you really get to know Gordon and Adam, like, and, and like you there's gordon's family and like some other people like the detectives along the way but it really is like you're just in the room with these guys for so much of the movie um mm-hmm. and even when you're not it's just looking into their past and their home life and like why they're there and it it just it works super well on that front of like kind of a character study but also right. a legitimate horror movie that um like just kind of works you like at every angle, like it just on a psychological level, on a gore level, on a, on every single level. I think this movie operates super well. And um, shout to the pod, uh, um, Evan Daniels. He had a letterbox review for this movie that mm-hmm. made me really think about it. Cause we talk about this sometimes uh, where we talk about like R rated movies or stuff we never saw in theaters. And we're like, mm-hmm. how cool would it have been to see this movie in theaters? But his letterbox review is like, how insane would it have been? to be like on the Friday night showing of this movie mm-hmm. opening night yeah. and have that like reveal happen like, like with Hello Zep playing for the first time. Can you imagine hearing that for the first time in a theater? Like I would have shit myself, honestly, like, cause it, it's so good. <laughs> like it, I cannot think of like a more other than like the Michael Myers theme or something like a more iconic piece of like music and horror. Because, like, the second it starts playing, you know shit's about to go down. Like, so good. <laughs> like, have you heard that score before, Kira, even before the movie? Not you haven't? Know of. Maybe. I don't know. Probably. God. It's just because it's so, it's so damn iconic. Um, there is something I got to ask you, Kira, because, like, I was talking to my friend at work about it because I was telling him we're going to cover the uh, this on the pod this week. Mm-hmm. And because uh, I was telling him that you had never seen it before. And I was curious, like, did you see it coming that Jigsaw was the body in the middle of the room? I didn't know that. I knew that he was an old man. Um, I Like, I've seen that man's face before, Zap. Um, and no, I've also... Jigsaw. No, no, no. I, I've seen Zap, and I've also seen... Oh, you've seen, seen Zap, I knew sorry. that he was involved. Right, right, right. Um, and also, I know of the old man because of... Um, 
I'm going to force Sean to call into the podcast and leave a message <laughs> because for the past few years, um, ever since um, my boyfriend Sean, ever since he watched Saw 2, he noticed that there's a scene where Donnie Wahlberg walks into a room no. and there's a fart noise. <laughs> and the subtitle says, Eric. And they show like the old guy in the room, but um, that's right. like that's where I, that's the only context that I have for the villain of these movies. Right. And he like took videos of it of like Donnie Wahlberg like walking in the room and there's a fart noise and the caption says Eric, so he's like fart or Eric. Um, <laughs> and he's been like now that like they're doing like um, like promo for like the new movie and stuff he's been like tweeting it at like directors and stuff like that being like can you please answer this please like (laughs) yeah so um eric gate is it a fart or is it eric (laughs) (laughs) i think (laughs) yeah it's funny because i remember sean was heavily on that bullshit even back when jigsaw was coming out so it's kind of fun yeah i think Um, that's why he was watching it like it was that long oh good he's been talking about (laughs) fart or eric yeah, I'm so glad Fartgate has really, you know, kept this <laughs> franchise off. alive. Yeah. Um, He's the reason why they're like coming out with sequels. <laughs> you know, um, what is it, Donnie Wahlberg? Is that the guy who's in yeah, Saw 2? Yeah. Um, he served me a burger at Wahlburgers one time. Because uh, oh he was at, um, I was at the downtown Orlando location, which I think is closed since it mm. opened. Or I'm not yeah, sure. But, uh, there's only one Wahlburgers that's open in Florida. Is I the checked Waterford one. Recently. Nope, it's gone. Did they close too? They closed it too. I just My friend remember... Sam and I were gonna yeah. go there after graduation, but yeah, COVID took it away. Yeah, I remember going there with um, front of the pod Zach before. Oh yeah, we, you were at, you didn't were on at Wahlburgers, but we all went to go see Booksmart that night, and yeah. we got drunk at Wahlburgers before Booksmart. <laughs> we oh, had the Wahlburgers. So the Wahlburgers. I'm so disappointed. I can never drink at a Wahlburgers unless I go to Key West. <laughs> <laughs> you know what let's do it let's do a bad trip style we'll go we'll go over there and do, get a wall brewski uh, just because it's the best name for any drink yes but <laughs> when i was when i was served the burger i really wish um i asked uh him about like so did you fart on the set of saw yeah. Yeah. like was that <laughs> was that you um, it's also funny if you go into a Wahlburgers, like they have the titles for all their movies, like on the walls and the floor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're just on the wall. There's like Saw Two, Saw Three, Saw Four, and I'm just <laughs> like, yeah, for your like five minutes of screen time and like Saw Four, like go off, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, it's really it, it's really like fun to like look back on this one in particular because. I've seen like a lot of like, especially with Spiral coming out this week. It's fun to like, kind of look back at how simple it was when it started, and even like I forgot. Like every time I watch it, I forget Danny Glover's in this movie, just just doing it up, like just playing the detective role. And I was like reading the uh, Wikipedia page, and he's like he signed on because he was like really impressed with the script, and he kind of compared it to like a Hitchcockian thriller, which, yeah. Honestly, like it, it really has the kind of like shades in there. Um, like James Wan said, like he was kind of inspired by Darren Aronofsky and like also David Fincher's Seven. But um, 
Yeah, so everyone was like definitely like very heavily influenced by like a lot of different things. And I think it shows because it um, sometimes you can compare films to student films in a bad way. But I think if you compare this to a student film, it feels right because it feels rough and it feels like kind of scrappy. But that's yeah. what make it work. That like that's what makes it really charming. I think. Yeah. It. I can't think of another studio horror film in recent memory that feels this like rough around the edges, which I really admire personally. I mean, yeah. can you think of anything else like that? Maybe Blair Witch Project, but that's. Yeah. Farther yeah. away than Saw. <laughs> yeah, Saw Blair Witch. I think the first Evil Dead definitely has that quality mm-hmm, to it, mm-hmm. where. Definitely. I mean, he literally shot that from stuff he bought from what Radio Shack or something, and then he had to like return. Oh no, no, no! That was uh, that was Blair Witch. He shot it with us. He got stuff he got from Radio Shack, and then they returned it to get their money back, uh, which I find so <laughs> funny. <laughs> um, um, this like like you said, how it feels like student film ish, but like not in a bad way. Like yeah. I feel like this is just like an extremely well written take on like just like being given a writing prompt and then being like oh okay like two men wake up in a room and they don't know who the other one is like that's literally just like a writing prompt and it's like they really just like went sicko mode with (laughs) 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 yeah i yeah no it, it really is because like that's really like one of the the starter like how did i end up here who is this other person what are they hiding like mm-hmm. it's it's such a simple premise that like spawns so many like ideas and like um something i really admire here is that it, it doesn't overstay its welcome either like um like it really just knows when to end which i don't think really any of the other sequels do like some of those push like almost an hour 50 two hours but mm-hmm. this one is like, what is it, like 95 or something minutes or something like that? Like, oh, it's like 103. But yeah, it's still super short. And it just, it works really efficiently. Like, I feel like a lot of horror movies don't, I don't know, they just don't know how to be restrained sometimes. And this one just really does. Like, it knows how to just work that. Um, but like, uh, what's his name? Carrie Ells? Uh, that's from Princess, uh, the Princess Bride, and everything. Very interesting casting choice for Doctor Gordon because mm-hmm. this was kind of around the era where it felt like I don't know, like iconic actors were kind of too good to do horror movies. So you get in, you get Carrie in to do it, and now he's like a horror legend, like as far as like Doctor Gordon goes. Like it's really fun to see him, and even Lee Winnell like who has since directed the invisible man and uh upgrade like he's like incredible he's really good in this movie like really really good and it's kind of crazy to me that he's like also directing and writing and producing because he's like a really good actor legitimately um like did you know all that like back when you were watching it because uh sarah because like i forgot did you said you watched it when you were a kid right like yeah i was like yeah, I was like 12 or 13 and I don't think I was like all up on IMDb like I am now when I watch movies. <laughs> right. But yeah, I mean, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure James Wan and Lee Winnell were friends. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason why he ended up being in the movie because it was such a low budget type situation. And that's so cool right. that two such talented people were able to work together on this. Well, because I remember in, because uh, me and Kira were texting about it the other day, but the short film, the short film from 2003, I believe it's also called Saw, 
Mm-hmm. Um, that one stars Lee Winnell as the main. It's just Lee Winnell and like a detective, and that's all it is. In a very shitty CGI bathroom and Billy the Puppet, but um, it's it's really impressive to see like an actual student film, and then like a year later they made the the theatrical. But I can't remember if Lee Winnell or James Wan directed the student film because. Uh, but either way, like they were both incredibly invested in that. And um, I was reading up on it earlier today. Um, there's some shots in this movie where you only see like a hand or like a a foot or something. Like especially like when that one detective is coming with the shotgun, uh, like when they're in like going to like Jigsaw's lair. And you think it's the one detective, but it's actually Lee Wanell's body because they couldn't get the actor in that day to do the pickup shot. <laughs> so they just have Lee just come in and do this. We're going to just film your arms and just like notch. Mm-hmm. And like his head gets blown off. But and you only see the body because it's Lee Wanell. Like it's <laughs> it's so fun, like how committed he is. Um, and even me and Kira were talking about it uh, the other day. Like uh, he stayed on to be a producer and a writer up until Saw 3, I believe. So you know, sometimes people like they kind of abandon their babies, like when they make it big, but no, nah, he stayed committed to it. Um, and he said he was even like really excited for Spiral in a recent interview. So it's kind of cool to see his uh, his career take off the way it has. Yeah, I just double checked and Lee Winnell is the one that wrote Saw. Mm-hmm. Like the, the, uh, the short film? The short film and the movie. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so because I thought I thought so because um, that one is like entirely based around, uh, but I think he plays like kind of like the Zep character in that because he plays like a hospital like almost like what Zep plays in this movie at the hospital, um, and they, it's just like him being interrogated by a detective and like how what he remembers and stuff and it and then it keeps coming back to like the hospital and then the saw room and it, it's really cool just to see like this idea that's now a massive franchise it's still running like 17 mm-hmm. years later like in a short film format um if anyone hasn't seen that short film i highly recommend it it's just on youtube for free i was i, I watched the 4k remastered version of it and it's it's just super cool to watch it, it's really nice um especially like just for like a horde geek like me like i'm, I'm really into that um but yeah, like I said, they both give like legitimately like in, interesting performances here, and um, and honestly, like I know Tobin and Bell gets like no screen time in this first movie, but I feel like we'd be remiss to not talk about him a little bit because he's just, mm. he, I think he's just kind of the horror icon. Like, there's a reason why even after I don't want to spoil it in case Kira watches it, but whatever happens to him happens to him. The sequels just kept bringing him back, like. Mm-hmm it's because he's like the man like i mean is there anything else that you associate with saw so heavily sarah than like tobin bell i guess just yeah like the we kind of talked about it earlier but the marketing for it the images that they selected for the posters are probably yeah that and tobin bell are like two of the yeah draws of the franchise i think yeah, I mean, there's the one that I remember in particular. I don't can't remember if it's for Saw Six or Saw Seven, but the blood drive that one year, when like it just had like all the people or like all the posters, like it was just people covered in blood. But they were actually they had Saw blood drives, like like blood buses that you could go donate blood to. And then if you like donated blood, I think you got a free ticket to the movie or something. Oh my gosh, which was so a... cool! Like it was such <laughs> a just a like a really cool thing. Um, that is awesome. 
but yeah, like, and I, I highly recommend it. If, like, people that are listening to this have never. I'm, I think I'm talking to Abby in particular, friend of the pod, <laughs> Abby, who infamously every time we do a horror movie, she texts me. She's like, "Why are you doing a horror movie?" Uh, shout out to Abby. <laughs> um, but like, look at those posters that they used to put out because like the posters for every Saw sequel, they just got better and better. Each yeah, I'm looking at them now. It's crazy that like the aesthetic that they're going with for Spiral is like mm-hmm. very like. Um, like it looks like an A24 film. <laughs> yeah. I, well, that one poster that they put out for Spiral, I was like kind of mesmerized by. Like it's just like Chris Rock on like a dim street, yeah, and, like the red lights. Much, it has like yeah, the spiral. Yeah. Yeah. Like that gets me so excited. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I I feel like the only marketing cam- campaign that I didn't like was for Jigsaw because Jigsaw just. Even when the first like trailer came out for that movie, I'm like, something doesn't feel right about this. Like it doesn't like there's it it doesn't like it looks too good, if that makes sense. Like the thing I love about Saw movies is how even up until the seventh movie, they look like shit. Like they look like absolute <laughs> shit. Like they, they're terrible to look at. But <laughs> that's what I love about them is like you can't really emulate Saw because there's nothing like Saw, because everything else is a higher budget than Saw. Yeah. <laughs> like the choppy editing, like just the chaotic nature of it, um, it all feels and looks so dirty. But like it, it just it's part of the charm. And then you make, um, you make Jigsaw, which has like actual cinematography and performances and direction, and it just I don't know how to describe it. But that's I think this is the only franchise where you get all those good things, and it somehow just makes it worse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like. It, <laughs> Like I, I have no idea how to explain it to people, but it's it's absolutely true. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny I, when you were describing that. I feel like SpongeBob kind of does the same thing. They like really that, cleaned yeah. up the animation. Wow, and then it got worse. Like I feel like those two are like <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's wow, zillennial. Uh, wow. Oh my, uh, something that's kind of zillennial is, like, this is a real generation gap. My older brother is millennial, I am zillennial. Um, and my niece, like, his daughter was over, and my brother was like, oh, like, tell Kira what we watched the other day. And my niece was like, what? And he's like, the one with, like, the burger car. And I was like, you watched the Spongebob movie? And she, like, looked, like, so angry at me. My brother's like, no, we watched Good Burger. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm like, wow, what a generational divide. <laughs> that's the real. I just had to bring that up, <laughs> but that's the real millennial. Millennial. Yeah, because how old is your brother? Is he like 27? He's almost 30. Yeah, almost, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I was like, yeah, I mean, because like, would he? Was he into SpongeBob? Yeah, I guess he wouldn't really be into SpongeBob. So, it, yeah, it's just yeah. it's funny that that was like. And my niece apparently loved it, so Gen Z or below Gen Z is like incoming, like good taste. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I saw um, I saw Good Burger I think two years ago at Shout in Zion Theater uh, here in Orlando, but I saw it on thirty five millimeter. Oh my gosh! In, I think like two years ago. <laughs> Great movie, fantastic movie. We'll talk about it on the pod one day, I'm sure. But. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's actually a really good um, comparison. Like, I never once thought I would see a comparison to Saw and SpongeBob, but um, I think that that's actually really kind of profound. Like, those are the only two, like, franchises that I think that um, that equates to. 
um yeah like in because i mean especially like in retrospect with like all the other franchises that are getting rebooted with like actual talent behind it because i feel like especially the halloween franchise right now that's having this kind of great like revitalization with like Mm -hmm. danny mcbride and jamie lee curtis and all these people like that's going great because that uh, the last reboot that they did was fantastic and um i can't remember like what else like they're rebooting they're rebooting so many different things um well but... like i sorry no, go um, ahead. so i only saw like the first halloween like a few years ago like when they were coming out with the new one mm-hmm. and because like i only kind of recently in life started watching horror movies and right. i was just like shocked at like how just like minimal and quiet it was <laughs> like mm-hmm. nothing happens yeah and um then this past halloween i watched the second one and i was like i don't really give a fuck about anything that's happening in those yeah like because too much is happening they just like added things yeah and like yeah i i liked the new ones but i'm just like i guess that's not to be like a boomer but like i'm like i guess that's why it's like a classic because it was literally just like similar to saw i guess that it was just like literally just like an independent film that like was just like kind of made like <laughs> yeah the guy yeah. that they that played michael myers um nick castle i believe his name mm-hmm. is i think he was paid for like he was paid like 25 dollars a day to be there like yeah. it's kind of insane in retro and that's why he <laughs> makes all of his money now because he didn't sign a contract with like whatever company i know universal has the rights now i can't remember if they did the original but um, he now he makes all his money through like fan conventions and stuff because like mm-hmm. the studios and compensate him, which is really shitty. Yeah. But like at the same time, no one knew what they were signing on on for, like when they did this. And right. we talked about it when we talked about, um, I believe, Scream Two a few weeks ago, because we were like, how crazy must it have been to be like Nev Campbell or like Courtney Cox, especially Courtney yeah. Cox, because she she got both into the whirlwind of Friends and Scream within the same year of each other. Yeah. So like, just imagine your life being one thing, and then a franchise kicks off, and now you're suddenly a part of it. Yeah, and being um, like, I guess this is my whole entire life now. I guess it's the same thing with like, I mean. I would say, like, maybe with, like, because now it's, like, if people get cast in a Marvel movie, they know that that's, like, signing away, like, 10 years of their life. Yeah, like, that you're um, you're coming back at some point. Like, you, yeah, you but... They even got fucking Robert Redford to come back for Endgame. <laughs> like, they can get anybody back at this point. But I'm thinking, like, in terms of, like, um, Robert Downey Jr., like, in the beginning, just being, right. like, yeah, I guess I'll be Iron Man in a movie. And it's, like, okay, 15 years later, like... <laughs> Well, and it's funny in those because, like, you have actors that signed on with the intention of sequels, but they just couldn't see it through. Like Ed Norton and, like, um, Mm -hmm. what's his name? Terrence Howard, who was replaced by Don Cheadle. Like, these actors who were just like, yeah, I'm good. Like, like, (laughs) (laughs) I have my paycheck. I'm going to go home now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, But it's funny because, like, I don't think the Saw franchise really had like that because like we're talking about like those actors who like signed on and like their lives changed Tobin Bell is maybe the only person in the series that I think life was probably changed because of Saw as far as like acting goes I mean like Donnie Wahlberg (laughs) Eh, maybe maybe You know, Wahlburgers did a number on him just in genuine yeah Yeah, but I think uh, Tobin Bell like because now like I don't because I was watching, um, 
Oh God, I think he's in The Sopranos. I, I'm 90% sure that's my memory. But he comes in for like one episode when, I think it's The Sopranos. Like when he, Tony is about to give his, or send his son to military school or something. And he's just the guy who's in charge of military school. And I'm like, <laughs> oh God. fucking belt jigsaw. <laughs> like, I, and I'm like, I, I'm like, it's, uh, it's like that one meme that I always uh, turn into, what's her name? Uh, Judy Greer. Judy, it's the Beyonce meme. Judy Greer, and now yeah, to be yeah, Tobin yeah. Bell. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. But when I saw him pop up, I like immediately, and I feel bad when I, this happens because um, I know actors hate to be like um, thought of as like one thing, especially when they try to do more. But I, I, I like can't separate him from <laughs> saw because it, it it just is and i can confirm now it is that's exactly what i was thinking of it was the sopranos um so yeah. i never yeah, want to go to military school <laughs> kira have you watched the sopranos yet no i haven't and now people are trying to get me to watch, watch succession and i don't <laughs> well i'll have time after this week after school ends but i don't know i'm bad at tv as I famously say everywhere, always. Um, it's not even about it being good, because The Sopranos is one of the best shows of all I time. I know, there are just too many cultural references. No, it's not even that, actually. <laughs> it's just because for the past, like, how many months on the pod, you've been like, I love Italians. I want to be in a part of an Italian family. <laughs> and I'm just like, here's your chance, Kira. Get involved with an Italian family. The Sopranos are right here. <laughs> Tony will be your dad. It's fine. <laughs> okay. Thanks. <laughs> um, um, something that I wrote down about this movie is that over the course of the pandemic, I've been doing virtual escape rooms, and this literally felt like that. <laughs> I've yeah. been doing one with like this company that's like British, and um, the guy kind of like no offense to him, literally reminds me of James Corden, but he like always remembers like my friend group and like. It's, like, really funny, and we're always, like, the last, like, show of the night because it's, like, 2 a.m. for him because we do it at, like, 7 p.m. or whatever, like, EST. And it's basically, like, we're on, like, a Zoom call with this guy, and it's him, like, going into, like, a haunted house, and we have to, like, tell him to, like, pick up, like, a key somewhere and, like, trying to unlock a door and stuff. Like, we're, like, yeah, we're, like, giving this guy, like, instructions and, like, finding, like, codes and stuff. It's really fun, but... This movie literally felt like that. Like watching it felt like I was like on right. a Zoom escape room. <laughs> yeah. And like yeah, like all the little details down to like one thing that like amazed me that I was like, wow, this is amazing writing just because it's like so specifically detailed was like in the end he was like you need this key that you th- that was in the bathtub. Yes. And yes. the first shot is a key going down the drain. Yeah. And it's perfect. like okay, he is dead forever. <laughs> like he's gone. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, that's probably one of my favorite moments um, in the movie because I I somehow like almost always forget that moment happens every time I rewatch it because at the beginning I'm like oh yeah what is that like that's going down the drain because you can only kind of faintly see it mm-hmm. like you're, it's kind of glowing a little bit but like is it a key like or what is it and then not until the end that you have that payoff of like oh shit because like it really yeah. hits you at that moment like the weight of it because especially because he's like begging Gordon to like not leave him. Mm-hmm. And then when he shuts the door, it's just like game over. It's done. Uh, it, like it really just, 
I don't know. Like, it works on every level. Like, I, I feel like we do this a lot in the pod also, but, like, I feel like my mom is a good, like, test for this movie of, like, if it holds up outside of a franchise or, like, anything. And I genuinely think my mom, who is like pushing 60, would enjoy this movie just on a <laughs> on a on just like a typical like Saturday afternoon thriller front. Like not like without the without the baggage of the lore and the sequels or anything. Just a two dudes in a room and Danny Glover fucking around <laughs> and all that. Like, <laughs> like I think it works on that level. And yeah, I don't know. I mean I one day I would love to make a movie that's even half as like smart and like planned out as this is like every turn. Because what you said Kira about like it having, like having that feeling of like just perfect writing, it really, sometimes you see movies that are so well-written and so well-structured that it angers you that like, you're (laughs) not as good as like these people that are writing these movies. Like, yeah. Because sometimes movies are just too good. It, it's it's embarrassing how good they are. Um, uh, but yeah, this one in particular, just like I'm pretty sure, like it influenced all, like the horror scripts that I wrote in high school. Like it just really, yeah, it really hit me. We're just gonna really quick take a break for a word from some of our sponsors. Thanks, guys. I think a really funny trope in movies, like, it's a lot of the time in horror movies, and I guess also, like, more often than not, like, action movies, like, there being a whole subplot where, like, the guy that's about to, like, die is like, I want to be a better dad. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I feel like that's always, like, a subplot in, like, action or horror movies. Hell, even family movies that we talk about on the pod, like no, I know, but like, yeah, obviously, because they're like family, like whatever. C like, RV, the dad, uh, our first kids. episode. <laughs> Robin Williams like, buys an RV and he wants to be a better dad. Yeah, but that's the whole <laughs> plot of the movie. I just find it funny that like this right. guy is in a room about to die. I mean, like, it's compelling because they're like Jigsaw is like using his family against him, right. but the entire subplot of him being like, I want to be a better dad. And it's always like that in action movies. Like, remember the movie 2012? I think about that all the time. Uh, Yeah. That's a movie about like, yeah, about like my parents are divorced and my dad has us for the weekend. So he's going to take us camping during the end of the world because he wants to prove that he's like a good dad. (laughs) Like, Actually. Yeah. And you know, what's funny now that I admit that like you're talking about it, like 17 again that we talked about last week. Like, he has to go back, but it's not like until, like, he's about to lose everything that he's, like, I actually want to spend time with my family. Like he, but he that's, he, like, that's, like, the actual, like, plot of the movie. Like, no, but I don't also, know how to describe it. Like, it, like, no, aligns I, with the genre. But I, I get what you're saying, but, like, also <laughs> in 17, again, not to go back to what we were talking about a week ago, but, like, it's funny because, like, he was, he for 17 years, he was an asshole. Or for, like, however long he was... Uh, like 20 years or whatever um and it's not until he turned 17 again that he was like oh yeah i've just been an asshole for 20 years um <laughs> but no i get what you're saying like it like those like faint of the moment like like things that just change people and it's like it's really funny um because i i feel like that's what jigsaw expects of people like they, he expects their his traps just instantly change people like make them somehow grateful and I think maybe Gordon going off 
with a like a will to live is what maybe like inspired him to continue his thing in the sequels but um i guess as you find out in the sequels that that ideology very rarely works on people and I, i'm actually as campy as the sequels get i'm glad that it like definitely talked about like how fucking stupid it is at the same time like just kind of like how dumb it is to like put people in a room and make them like I don't know, cut off their toes or something. And they're like, wow, I love my mom or something. Like, <laughs> like, I, <laughs> like, <laughs> um, cause there's a really good video. Um, one of my favorite YouTube channels is like wisecrack. Cause they like talk about like the philosophy of like movies and television and like various forms of media. And talk about, I, I didn't know they did a saw video until today, but I, watched it and they were like comparing it to like these this one philosopher who had the philosophy of like you can't be a like legitimate like person in the world until you suffer first (laughs) and it's just like but not like in a literal like physical way but like in a heartbreak or like a uh like you experience the world but jigsaw took that like literally (laughs) yeah like literally like suffer Like, like um and you know it, it somehow makes them have a uh, different perspective on life almost like being reborn but it's, it's also like the idea of like um like he's like physically suffering but then it's like the people that he's like punishing are like the woman who's like an addict right. and then like a guy who like attempted suicide or something like the guy in the beginning right and it's like the guy wanted to die so then you put him through more pain and then you just killed him <laughs> like yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, what are you it, trying to accomplish and there? it's like, it's almost like because like a lot of the hypocrisy of jigsaw is like like i said earlier that's why i like the character not so much because i agree with him or anything but because i think that's just like narratively interesting because like as just like a movie goer you can like identify like yeah that's like a flawed ideology but like also at the same time as someone who likes to see like it continue and go you're just kind of like ah but he he's so convinced that he's right and but like really like there's some traps in these franchises that like you it's like some of them are like preventable and like you do see a way how they can like make it out but there's other traps where they're just so complicated that you're like no one can solve this and he just clearly wants these people to die and it's it's kind of frustrating sometimes because like especially the the wire trap that you're talking about in this one um i see no way he could have made that like he barely got to like the end before he died and it's uh i don't know it's pushing the line of like i mean not that it wasn't already cruel but it, it really is like yeah it's just funny like that you're noticing all this stuff that most people didn't have an issue with until like the second or third movie (laughs) (laughs) but because i'm curious like you're bringing up all these like um these ideas that are like explored more in the sequel so now i'm like even more i know you won't watch them but like i almost i really want you to i might as long as i like can look away i'll watch Um, them at home (laughs) there's one and i i know sarah knows what i'm talking about but the i think it's not the most gory trap or anything but it's the one that like fucks with me the most is i'll just say the needle trap in saw 2 like just isn't it like a bathtub of needles yeah like uh like like use needles heroin right i believe 
think so. Yeah, it's really it's it, it's really yeah. rough to watch. I'm like scared of syringes, so I'm yeah. gonna not watch that. I just no. Like, what you gotta? I've only seen the clip of him farting, walking into it. <laughs> <laughs> what? Okay. What if I told you the whole movie is that for two hours? Would All you right, watch it? Then? I'll consider okay. it. I'll consider. Cool. It. Well, cool. <laughs> Well, and it's also funny because, like, Saw 2 is, like, it, it's, like, half a cop procedural, and then the other half is just, like, it's almost like a haunted house movie without any spooky stuff going on. It's just, like, they're just in a house, and it's, like, Scooby-Doo as if they're, but they're getting punished or something. Like, <laughs> it's really, <laughs> like, each sequel has, like, a different kind of flavor to it, which, even if they don't, if they're on the same quality, it's kind of fun to see them, like, I don't know, just, like, go around, like, different settings and, like, they... The one thing I can say about this franchise that, like, maybe the writing or the direction or whatever got a little bit stale, one thing that never got stale was, like, the people that are behind, like, the traps and stuff, they never stopped. Like, they always were, like... Like, they they were always cranking out, like, really... Like, designing, like, the violence. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, it's... It's the same thing I, like, talk about, like, Halloween Horror Nights or, like, um, even the Final Destination franchise, like... I'm just, like, endlessly impressed while, like, even, like, in the worst movies in the franchise, like, um, the Founder Session movies always have at least one or two really cool deaths that are, like, mm-hmm. wow, that's, like, really impressive. And um, I was watching an interview with Chris Rock for Spiral, and he, like, he's such a massive Saw fan, and I love him for this, because he he understood it so perfectly. He said, he's like, look, I wrote the script, he said, but I wrote the stuff surrounding the saw stuff he said i wrote my dialogue and the character stuff he said but i let them take care of the traps he said i don't even want to see it he said i want to get to the set and be blown away by what i see he said because they know what they're doing they've done this for eight movies now so he's like i'm gonna let them have it and i'm like he just understands like he fully understands the genre and especially saw lore like it makes me so happy that he like he's behind this because i it's the same thing with like we said with like David Gordon Green doing Halloween. It's like he understands. He's a he's someone that grew up with it, and now he's taking care of it, and it just makes me happy. Um, but yeah, it's. I mean, do you have any like specific like favorite trap, like Sarah, like that you can think of? Not yeah. only just this movie, but in the series. Yeah, um, I remember there's one. All of the sequels kind of blend together in my head. Like, uh, yeah, me, me I too. can sort of distinguish the second and third ones, but everything else after is just sort of run together. Um, the to one be fair, that it is like one big story in four through six, so that's understandable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the one that is like, oh, I don't want to give it away, but it's like basically a group of people. I, I know exactly what you're around. talking about. It's that the, one, the shotgun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's just. Oof. You it's, can it's, describe it. I don't care. It's just, <laughs> I'd rather be prepared. No, on, yeah. As somebody who's a little bit squeamish. It's like, I'll, I'll try not, I won't like talk specific specifics, like a, in case someone that's listening doesn't want to know. But like the idea of the trap is like, it's a carousel of six people, I believe. And um, he they have to shoot four of them. And he has to make the choice of like, which ones to shoot. And so there's like six people like pleading for their lives. But it's the one that we were talking about, Kira, like the one with the healthcare people. 
Oh. He, and, but it's like literally like what his job is. Like he gets to choose who lives and dies. So why is it so hard oh, for him in this yeah. moment to choose who lives and dies? That's kind of cool. And it's just, I rewatched that one last night and I'm just like, oh, this movie fucking rules. It's so good. Like, <laughs> but also it's just like, as a trap, it's just so inventive. And like, um, I wrote this in my letterbox review for it. Cause like, I feel like every sequel like tries to get you to like be morally conflicted, but I in like again we talked about it so much already. Most movies in the franchise don't do that. You're mostly like, no, he's Jigsaw is not right here. But in six, you're kind of like, yeah, I like, yeah, I'm kind of morally <laughs> conflicted because like this guy's an asshole. Like I get it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's probably my favorite trap too. Um. I'm trying to think of another one. Like Saw Four is not a good movie, but it has some really good traps. Like, um one specific no saw five it's donnie Wahlberg, uh on on ice which i think mm. is funny mm-hmm. um yeah if, yeah you know what i'm talking about like that one's a really good trap yeah, it, it's not ice skating i'll say that yeah it's not it's not ice it's not ice princess uh it's not, <laughs> um even jigsaw which is not a good movie has like some really good uh good traps in there sometimes because like the one i liked was the one with the um the corn uh the corn seeder like they're all stuck in there and like the traps like they're just like their bodies are like stuck in there and they're just like dropping like axes and shit like down mm-hmm. below them and they can't swim away from them mm-hmm. and it's just it's really really scary i also really like the one that's i believe it involves two people one of them can't see and the other can't speak i think that's oh, what it is but one mean, of their senses are like taken yes. away yeah that's saw three i think maybe four it might be four but it's yeah. the i know it's the it's the cold open to one of them and mm-hmm. it's um the one guy has his mouth sewn shut and the other guy has his eyelids sewn shut and they have to like yeah. work they have to communicate with each other oh but <laughs> but they <laughs> can both hear and they find out like how they're related like in the situation and mm-hmm. it just like makes them like lash out and it's like it, it's yeah it's pretty rough um no that's a really um, good one mouths being sewn shut also is a big one for me and like wrapping it back around to ma that's one part in ma that i, <laughs> yeah. I look away on yeah yeah <laughs> that's the only part in ma that i'm like this is too much <laughs> <laughs> well if we're talking about like favorite traps because i know we're do- we're going to the sequels which makes sense because like the sequels were really the ones with the most traps, but mm-hmm. I feel like the most iconic saw trap was in this first one, which is the bear, uh, the reverse bear trap, mm-hmm. which in what I love about the introduction to it here is that you don't see it. You just, you're told what happens, but it just like lets your imagination tell you what happens, which is what yeah. inherently makes it so much scarier is you're like, mm-hmm. she gets it off barely in time. And you just have to make up your own mental image of what happens to her if she didn't like get through with it. Like, cause it it's just incredibly terrifying. It's brutal. Mm-hmm. Like the way they kind of like hear yeah. it and see like a flash of light like on the TV. Yes. Like, yeah. 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 Although in seven, you see it fully happen, and it's really brutal. But I almost wish they didn't do that because I I wish I didn't have that mental or I didn't have the actual like visualization. Mm Because it's so much more effective in this first one when it just doesn't go through. Um, Yeah. 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 That's, but no, that's, it's really, um, because I remember in the 2014 re-release of this movie, they did like a special poster 
of Amanda with the bear, the reverse bear trap on. And I want to get that poster so bad because it's so, it's so, it's so cool. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, but like, I mean, also if we're talking about like iconicness of this franchise, like nothing's more synonymous with just like sawing your leg off or like <laughs> what, like, is like, yeah, I don't know if you scary movie check, but in scary movie four, when Dr. Phil fucking saws off his wrong leg, uh, in the Saw parody scene, um, do you remember? Have you seen Saw four? Or no, sorry, uh, scary, scary movie four. Scary movie four. I've um, seen just the first one, and then I remember bits and pieces of I think the third one. Yeah, Scary Movie is a franchise that I grew up with very dearly, and I'm sure we will talk about it on the pod one day because. They're legitimately pretty funny movies. Um, but Scary Movie 4 has a scene where Dr. Phil and Shaq are in a saw room together. <laughs> and it's it's like so actual Dr. Phil. No, it's actually Dr. Phil. Like oh it's gosh. an actual Shaq. And um, <laughs> um and he like saws off his leg because he's a Hoffman in the scenario and uh, but he saws off his wrong foot and it's just so yeah it's just so <laughs> fucking funny <laughs> and they're just like talking shit about each other from the other side of the room and it's it's really really funny it's, it's really good um, um, well it's like what you were saying about like making up like the traps and stuff like and how it's like that with like horror nights and stuff like that mm. I feel like these people almost have to, like, invent things. Like, I feel like the most successful horror movies are ones where they almost, like, make up things that, like, people wouldn't realize they'd be scared of. Yeah. And I think that's, like, what a successful horror movie does. Like, and it's not just, like, necessarily always just, like, some guy coming at you with a knife. It's, like, Mm -hmm. um... Like, literally, like, I mentioned this, like, over the summer when I first saw it, but, like, 2001 being, like, the scariest movie I've ever seen because it's just, like, a voice calmly talking to you and you can't escape and you're just in space. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, like, just things that you wouldn't realize you'd be afraid of. And I think that this does it really well. Just, like, not to sound like a boomer, but, like, how do you even think of stuff like this? <laughs> like... No. <laughs> people just like sitting around being like huh so if somebody just like ran through like a jumble yeah. of razor wire what would happen <laughs> like i got to say the only there's there's one in particular that i thought of like in this mm-hmm. entire franchise where i was like how do you even think of this mm-hmm. but it's the one with like the dude from uh, rip but chester from lincoln park in yeah. saw 7 yeah in his like skin his skin's like what glued to a car seat mhm and he can drive what he has to drive, but if he drives too much or something, it pulls his skin off or something. And yeah. it's just like, how, like, how do you even conceptualize this in your yeah. head? Like, it's just, it's very, it's very gnarly. Um, and honestly, when you were talking about that, Kira, one other thing I thought of, like from a different franchise, but in uh, Scream, the first one, mm-hmm. but um, uh, Tatum in the in the, the door. Uh, garage, the garage yeah. door, because like, it's like who yeah. among us does not look at a garage door and think of <laughs> think no. of Rose McGowan, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, literally, just literally. cannot separate that. Like, God, yeah, no, literally, and it's <laughs> like it, it's really. It's really funny that you mentioned that because, like, it's like 
it's almost like an underappreciated art form because like i know horror as a as a whole is not an underappreciated art form but like there really should almost like be an appreciation for the people like the creative teams and the creative force that thinks of these like deaths and stuff and mm-hmm. um and can pull them off so creatively because again that's what saw is really all about and i'm really curious how spiral does it because i'm like okay now it's 2021 this is the ninth film in the franchise so you really have to like show me like some original traps and stuff to make sure that it's not tired um i have faith in them but i'm just saying you know they're gonna have to actually you know put in some hard work for it because like (laughs) i feel like now nine films deep and especially like saw six or seven which has like over 10 deaths in the movies like there's not much more you can do i don't think um i'm very curious like what else they do with it um but i don't know like so uh, speaking of like other twists in the movie kira like is there anything that you did see coming that you called or predicted correctly um not really i i mean like i kind of like stopped thinking about it because i was just like watching the movie Mm -hmm. um i kind of like stopped thinking about like oh how are they probably connected and when he like walked into like his uh dark room like before the reveal that like he was like taking pictures of him i was like his real crime was being an art student but (laughs) (laughs) i like i didn't expect that and um yeah (laughs) i didn't understand the whole thing with like the pig head thing but also very iconic to the franchise mm-hmm. just the pick yeah i saw that imagery in the spiral trailer but i don't like yeah is yeah. that like explained further on or did i miss um something? is it like it ex- just is there <laughs> i don't think like explain so much as it's just there if that makes sense like it's just a constant and like yeah. in the same way that why does Michael Myers just have that mask? Oh, yeah, true. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, oh, he got it. I mean, I could be wrong. I just might he be just forgetting something. Uh, yeah, he just got it one day. Like, um, <laughs> am I miss like, Sarah, do you know? Or am I am I right about that? Um, I, don't... I know without spoiling, I don't know what I'm going to say. Um, I know Pig is associated with a certain character in particular. Yeah, I can't remember because, like... Um... Do you just want me to go ahead and say it? Yeah, you can spoil it. I don't yeah, know. I know it's associated with Amanda. Because uh, we were talking about that. That just made me think. Um, there's a Saw chapter in the game Dead by Daylight. Right. And the killer is Amanda with a pig head. And her name is, like, the pig. Because they all have, like, a killer name. Right. Right. I don't yes. remember why. <laughs> but I know that's that's associated with her. Yeah, and it's... It's interesting because like in but also in the pig heads in this one and the next one and I think like every movie in the franchise almost like because mm-hmm. like even in seven when you think it's not going to happen it, they fucking pig head shows up at the end like uh, yeah. like you <laughs> like the pig head at least is like one appearance in every movie and it almost becomes like I don't know like they're like that's how like every saw killer like disguise themselves in public is with the pig mask and it's it's almost like a parody of itself at this point. Like even uh, even Jigsaw brought it back, and uh, apparently it's in Spiral too. So, yeah. <laughs> I think I could be wrong, but there was a trap in either the second or the third movie where I think a guy was basically drowning in pig slop. Yes, um, 
I'm trying to remember specifically because <laughs> that one always I, freaked me out. It wasn't even gory, but I was like, oh, no, it's it, honestly, those are the ones that really get you. I mean, not, not that the gory ones don't get you, but like it's the ones that are like more simple than not that just yeah. like make you go like, like, I don't know, like, <laughs> <laughs> like, um, yeah, I can't think of another one, but like, I know exactly what you're talking about. That one really, that one really does get to me too. And yeah, so yeah, I can't think of a specific reason why the pig head is there, but it's um, it's very iconic, and I, I guess it's pretty synonymous with like Billy the Puppet. That's another big, uh, big cornerstone for like iconography of the franchise. When, when he appeared on the TV for the first time, I was like, oh, that's literally like me like answering Adam's Skype calls. <laughs> no, literally, like every time. <laughs> <laughs> um. I need to tell the funniest and weirdest and probably like in real life like horror movie scenario I've ever been in. I was working at a um, retail store, Home Goods, <laughs> around <laughs> Christmas one year, and um, I was like restocking a shelf. And this guy came in and he he kind of had like a lisp, so like I felt kind of bad that I like didn't understand him, but. He was asking me, he just kept saying, like, do you sell, like, Slappy? And I was like, Slappy? Like, what are you talking about? He's like, Slappy, Slappy. And he kept saying, like, Slappy the dummy, but I thought he was saying, like, Puppy, like, Puppy, like, do you... And I'm like, we have, like, toys over there. And it took us, like, ten minutes, and then he finally, like, we were going back and forth, and I was just like, this guy's, like, kind of creeping me out, because he was getting, like, too close to me and stuff. And he just was getting, like, so frustrated and it took him like 10 minutes and he picked up his phone and he just had a picture of like the goosebumps dummy like on his phone and i was like no we don't have that. wait he he went to home goods to get slappy the dummy from goosebumps yeah i mean like we sell like we sold like toys but like it, we wouldn't have slappy the dummy from goosebumps i was like um I mean, Toys R Us is closed. I don't know where else you would get it. Like, it's like that TikTok trend of like saying things back to people. It's like, do you say Subway? No, I said that way. Like, no, but Slappy the yeah, Slappy the Dummy at Home Goods. <laughs> Fuck it, That's Slappy so... the Dummy at Home Goods. Just imagining him on like a display couch, like heavily discounted couch. <laughs> Two questions. One. Was this close to Halloween or was it like mid? No, it was like, like Christmas. was it just? It was Christmas. <laughs> so what was Slappy the dummy for? To get as a gift, I think it was like right before Christmas. What? <laughs> I mean, the kid has taste. Whoever like is receiving that gift. No, yeah, like... taste, taste. But like, uh, well, I mean, that was my second question. Was like, so what did he want it for? Like to give if... as a gift. <laughs> did he say that? Probably. I... Or I don't just know. I just was so like startled by it, and like, like it wasn't like scary. It was just like, this is something that I've never expected a person to say to me, <laughs> especially at work. <laughs> yeah, ask for Slappy the Dummy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wonder. Wait, what year was this? Like, uh, twenty eighteen. Okay, because I was gonna say, um. I yeah, know the, no, Goosebumps, the Goosebumps movie. Right, which yeah. I had completely forgotten about, but I was about to say, like, well, Goosebumps hasn't been relevant in, like, however many years, and then I legitimately forgot, not only did a movie come out, but it was actually pretty successful, uh, whatever year it came out. Well, so, we didn't sell the merchandise at home, guys. <laughs> yeah, that much is true. Um, <laughs> um, 
yeah, tell, tell him to go to the Scholastics Book Fair, and they yeah, might right. be able to hook him up with Slappy the Dummy. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of, I don't, weirdly, just like off top, I mean, on topic for Goosebumps, off topic for Saw, but um, R.L. Stein, uh, his other book, Fear Street, Mm-hmm. They're doing those Netflix, right? Yeah, Netflix. Yeah. I cannot wait for that. Oh my god, Fear Street is what got me into horror. I'm really? so excited. That was like the thing. Yeah, I read them when I was way like even before I started watching Saw and all that. I must have been like nine. Yeah, <laughs> like eight, nine, ten years old. God, I love those books. Yeah, I I don't. I definitely have read one of the Fear Street books. I can't remember which one it is. Um, because I remember at my school, like, they had, like, the weird thing where, like, you could only check out from the library those books if you were, like, in fourth grade or above, which was weird to me. (laughs) Um, so it's just for the older kids. But sometimes I would, like, just grab it and, like, read it, like, in the back, and then I would put it back. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And without checking it out. Um, but, like, one that I got a fifth grader to check out for me. (laughs) <laughs> uh, and then like give to me and then I give it back to him was it was so fucking stupid uh, but um, like I remember getting scary stories to tell in the dark a few goosebumps books and then one of the fear street books and whatever fear street books that I read like I can't remember which one it was or what it was even about but I remember that it made me like really legitimately scared um, I can't remember I'm trying really hard to but um yeah, it, it's really interesting. And they're also going, like, full, like, PG-13 or, like, maybe even... I don't think it's going to be R. I can't imagine it's R. But it's... Uh, they're going all the way with it, which I'm excited about. Like, Yeah. I can't remember. I literally read every single Fear Street book. Not the spinoffs. Those are, like, different. But right. they were... I know they were definitely edgy. They would definitely push, like, PG-13+, plus, if I remember. Right. Well, that's what I remember liking about... Um, scary stories to tell in the dark uh because it felt like when i checked those books out from the uh the library i was like this feels illegal i'm into it like (laughs) i like i I really shouldn't be reading this book but i am and um yeah whatever fear street book i did read i remember feeling that way with it and um i'm not saying like i'm not complaining about it or anything but i feel like the goosebumps movie that i saw recently the newest one with jack black um, it was like fine or whatever, but I was kind of like, they definitely like leaned heavy into comedy and that's cool. That's fine. Like I'm, I'm not complaining or anything, but I was like, it, but also at the same time, how cool would it be to get like a legitimately kind of spooky Goosebumps movie? Like for modern audiences, like, like just something kind of like lightly scary for kids. Like just a, like, just a little bit. Cause those little like home to video movies that they did back in like the late nineties, early two thousands were like kind of spooky back in the day um i think so at least or maybe i'm just like misremembering them but (laughs) if they play like the goosebumps theme in in fear street or something i'll i'll be like the avengers endgame crowd when that happens (laughs) uh one year on halloween i think it was just like two years ago i went to like a little it was at like a tiny marionette theater somewhere in brooklyn and it was, like, a storytelling event, and it was hosted by R.L. Stein, and it was just oh. a bunch of, like, local, like, young writers who, like, wrote, like, horror short stories, and they were reading it, and then, like, he, like, ended the night, like, with, like, a story that he wrote, 
and it was like really cool it was just like a, really on like nice. tiny benches and like a marionette theater and then they had like kind of like comedic like creepy little like puppet shows in between like in between like the authors and stuff it was really fun it was cool that is, that's really cool i'm mm-hmm. as always every time you tell a new york story i'm just like jealous. <laughs> <laughs> it's annoying we don't get anything like that here in florida ever <laughs> you have hoot i i do have hoot i do have hoot <laughs> that's true but we're pushing 15 years on hoot now and i feel like it's time we get something else yeah. <laughs> <laughs> me and joey can only go to zaxby's parking lot so many nights in a week before it's free. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> i mean we can do raising canes next time it opens but like otherwise we're just running out of ideas um i mean come to new york and see jimmy buffett with me this summer kira i have margaritaville okay i (laughs) covered um (laughs) Um, one thing that i have to ask about the further sequels do they ever address what happens if these guys need to like go to the bathroom well like the, the the victims yeah i'm pretty sure they shit themselves Right? I mean, but this is the kind of movie that, like, would address that. Have you been I can't remember. Like, oh, like, you pooped in your pants, haha. Like, <laughs> just adds to the misery of it. Uh, I'm almost, I, I don't want to say for sure, but I think the second one, because it takes place in a house, there's a scene where one of them tries to use the bathroom, I think. <laughs> but then, like, the door is locked or something. Or something like that. I can't remember. But I mean, they also can't really eat, so like, yeah, yeah they they don't really have anything to to poop out. I don't know. I mean, I like they how this only in there for a few happen. hours. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I was just thinking of like the like stinky toilet that's in there. Um, yeah, this with the little heart drawn on it. Yeah. There was um, a haunted house because I don't like going through haunted houses. I love like themed entertainment though so i would always read like walkthroughs of haunted houses and like watch like videos and i'm doing horror nights for the first time this year so i'm just like oh okay um but there was one in the city where you had to like sign a waiver and they can like literally do anything to you and i had a friend that worked there friend of the pod evan daniels who wrote that saw review (laughs) um but there's a scene in it where and it was like the kind of haunted house where like you had like a safe word um like you can't just be like i want to (laughs) leave like um and you're in it alone and they can like touch you they could blindfold you they could like shove you down a hallway and stuff like that sounds like a regular friday night am i right (laughs) sorry yeah go for it sorry but (laughs) one thing is maybe they took this from saw but there's like a poo poo stinky toilet in that one that you have to like reach into and get things (laughs) Mm -hmm. and that immediately reminded me What? A poo-poo stinky toilet? I'm not gonna say, like, a toilet that is filled with shit. Like, it's a poo-poo stinky toilet. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Makes it a lot easier to think about. <laughs> poo-poo stinky toilet. Like, that um, <laughs> Yeah. No, I was gonna say, um, <clears throat> the, the thing that's, like, even scarier than, like, really intense traps or, like, moral dilemmas is just how nasty the bathroom is in this yeah. movie. Mm-hmm. like it's just like every time he has to like put his hand like down a drain or like in the tub or the toilet or anything yeah. or even touch the pipes i'm just like 
I don't like that. Yeah. I'm like, they can't wash their hands. Like, I know that, like, these people, even if they get out, like, they're going to be, like, sick. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's disgusting. Like, um, front of the pod, uh, because I'm seeing uh, Spiral with him on Thursday, and we were talking earlier about Saw. And he was telling me that there's a Saw-themed escape... Or, Freddie mentioned his name, Zach Perry. Uh, he was telling me that there's a uh, Saw-themed escape room in Las Vegas. And I kind of want to... I haven't looked into it, but it sounds really cool. Just the idea of, like, an actual Saw-themed escape room. Like, I... Actually, yeah, let me look it up. I feel like kind of all escape rooms are inspired by Saw. No, but like literally Saw licensed. Like Uh, like literally like by Lionsgate or something. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. Like they have like Billy the Puppet and like they have... Well, um, support your local escape room. (laughs) They're building one like down like five minutes away from me. Um, I'm not sure when it opens, but um, it sounds really cool. Um... I'm definitely gonna try it out because I've never done an escape room before. Um, oh really? Yeah, no, I've never. I just never. I don't. I have a one of my best friends. Uh, shout out to Clarissa if you're listening, but she's like a manager at one, and uh, she keeps trying to get me to come over and like do it. She said she was like she'll like get me in for free, and I'm just like, I I don't know what's stopping me. Honestly, I think I'm just like scared I'm gonna be too dumb for it. Like I don't, because <laughs> I'm just gonna be stuck there. And I'm like, this bitch is just never gonna figure it out. Let's just like let him out. Like well, you're not gonna die at the end. Like it's not. Yeah, so. but I I don't want to feel stupid. Like I don't want to feel yeah. like they have to help me. They're like, okay, Adam, go this way. Like, and I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm just like too dumb. Because like every time like people like figure out riddles in movies, I'm just like, I would have never got that. Like I would have yeah. literally never thought of that. Especially in this movie when he's like, he's like, clearly they want us to see this. Or they clearly, yeah. they want us to see what time it is. I'm like, I would have never thought of that. <laughs> Literally. I just would have died. Like, it's, <laughs> like, I would have just sat there the entire time, chained up. Because I would have never once thought of a scenario of which to escape. I would I probably wouldn't... just be vibing. It probably sounds so bad in there. Like, yeah. yeah. Between the poo-poo and the dead guy. Well, dead. Quote-unquote dead. Quote-unquote dead <laughs> um, guy. Yeah. What if you I, were Jigsaw trying to lay down and pretend to be dead for like however many hours and you just have yeah, to fart yeah. or something? Like, can you imagine that? <laughs> yeah. As we know, there are characters that do fart in this fresh <laughs> <laughs> So. <laughs> yeah, um, ask, ask Donnie. Did I, he, that might be a good one because he, he didn't shit the entire movie, but clearly he had to. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, we'll go to like a QA and ask him that. I, I'm gonna make it my life's mission to figure this out. Like we're yeah, we, well, we have Sean to. already has that. So you get the you get the southern uh you cover like if there are any screenings in the south, we'll cover if there are any screenings in northeast. Absolutely. We'll get Absolutely. a California unit to cover <laughs> wherever Donnie Wahlberg is at any given time. <laughs> you know when uh well, like when uh, they realize at the end of this movie that he, it was like it was what's his name all along is Jigsaw. Mm-hmm. It's like he's been under our noses the entire time. It's gonna be like that's me with like knowing I met Donnie and I wasn't able to ask him about that. It's like I had him, I had him in the of my hands, and I couldn't ask. <laughs> I was too enamored by the Wahlburger. <laughs> Did it though? 
it it was it was actually genuinely one of the best burgers I've ever had. Oh. And I, I went entirely for the bit, but it was actually pretty delicious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've never gone to Wahlburgers seriously. I'm always like, let's go to Wahlburgers. Isn't that hilarious? Yeah, isn't it <laughs> so funny? Like yeah. but also low key, it's it kind of slaps. It's kind of really good. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, that really honestly the thing that ruined my night tonight was finding out that they closed the one by us. Cause now I'm just like, damn, yeah. it's always been the back of my mind. Um so Sarah, like any final thoughts, I guess, on Saw? Um, I really want to rewatch all of them now because yeah. I remember the first one pretty well. The second and third one, decent. But the rest of them, I'd have just like very vague ideas of. And I'm like, oh, I really got to get back into it. Yeah. And I'm really excited for Spiral, too, because I've read some really good things about it. And it looks yeah. like it's going in an interesting direction. Yeah. Yeah, I think... Um... Unlike any other horror franchise, like the Saw sequels, like they they very much went the episodic route. Like I think especially like four through six, especially where like super like one like especially like in Saw five, you, you like someone opens a box and you don't under, you don't see what's in the box until Saw six, and it's like mm. okay, that's not how movies work. You don't need that. <laughs> like it's just, like this isn't this isn't the CW. Like we're not tuning in next week. Like we have to wait an entire year. Um, but yeah, I think it's because I'm rewatching them all right now. On uh, if you guys have HBO Max, you can watch any of the uh, any of the sequels on there. They have it up to Jigsaw, which Jigsaw is on Peacock because we love our all our different streaming services apparently. <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, Saw 1 through 7 are all on HBO Max right now. And um, oh, I think they restored them all because they they all look really, really good on HBO Max. So Yeah, um, I was scared a little like in the beginning. I didn't realize that like the lights were off in the room. And I was like, why does this look like shit? And will I not be able to see anything for the rest of the movie? And then I realized right. like, the lights were just off in the room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, it's really, uh, really atmospheric. Um, Kira, how about you? Any any final thoughts? Uh, personally, I think that this movie is just about gently tossing items back and forth between you and your bro. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> I liked it, and I would consider watching the rest maybe if I have time. I always I, say if I have yeah. time, I'll watch anything. I just like I don't have the focus to watch any one movie unless yeah. I'm forced to. So. That's the best thing is like we can we can make Kara watch anything. It's just <laughs> that's what the pod is for, honestly. It's just to make her watch shit that she would not watch otherwise. That's how I'm gonna get her to watch Dougal one day. Yeah, I've seen Dougal, bitch. <laughs> Lenny the Wonder Dog one day, uh, starring yeah. Oscar Isaac. Um, As Fartman or something. Detective Fartman yeah. to you. Yeah, um, uh, I... sounds like sounds like another detective I know of. I wonder if Dottie met Detective Fartman. Do we think? <laughs> He's worked with him on a few cases. <laughs> Detective the cases Fart. in question. His bathroom Ooh. breaks on set. There's <laughs> a, a civil lawsuit about bathroom hours on set and like how many bathroom breaks you get. And <laughs> it's like, who are our best detectives? Detective Fartman and Detective Stinky Pants. <laughs> 
<laughs> Anyways, uh... <laughs> I love reverting to like poo poo stinky humor. It's the funniest thing in the world to me. I was literally talking about that last night. I'm like, I spent like most of my life like developing an actual personality just mm-hmm. in my 20s to revert back to poop humor. And it's like, it's yeah. actually pretty sicko mode, honestly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I think, <laughs> uh, no, it holds up super well. It's a great movie. Um, easily the best of the franchise. It's I can't imagine any of the further sequels ever topping this one because it's just so damn good. Um, again, even just as like a isolated mystery separated from like the the complicated lore of the series, it just works really well and it's super iconic and it's uh, definitely Zillennial canon. Like uh, it's definitely like one that set the set the stages for a lot of because um, I feel like torture porn in general became very. Uh, kind of prevalent like in as a genre almost like uh there's a really off-brand movie the collector or the collection or something that came out like in 2009 and it was basically but like it was basically saw but he goes into people's houses and does shit and Mm. like it's but it's like basically saw so it's kind of fun to see like how many movies tried to emulate saw but never were able to do it yeah the visual style is unmatched and yeah it's it's really fun um once again always want people that are listening to tell us what their memories are with saw i'm sure we'll get some voicemails one about a certain detective who's stinky but mm-hmm. uh if anyone yeah, i've, I've been texting happen. him reminding him <laughs> but um if you didn't send in a voicemail for this episode definitely like let us know because i i'm curious if anyone else just had like a traumatizing past with saw and is just now unhealthily into it as an adult like i am <laughs> <laughs> um sarah thank you so much for coming yeah, on the thank you so much yeah of course um anything you want to plug or anywhere people can find you um you can find me on twitter at sarah underscore h-a-i-i and i would plug my letterbox but i haven't used it in like a year and i forgot my username <laughs> that's Honest- the way to do it queen shit, <laughs> queen shit. yeah i <laughs> I, I I really wish I was at that point where I just forgot my letterbox username. It would be very beneficial to my health, honestly. <laughs> um, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Adam underscore not Sandler. Um, uh, if you're in Orlando or the Central Florida area, um, I plug this on all the social medias. But this weekend on um, May 16th at 1 p.m. at the NZN Theater, me and Joe Salamone and the rest of Aggressive Okay Productions will be premiering, or not premiering, but showing our film Spike in theaters for the Central Florida Film Slam. And we're all really excited. We're all going to be there presenting it and uh, rigging the boat. Just kidding. Um, but <laughs> uh, no, we'll all be there. And um, I don't know if you're in the area and you want to stop by, that would be pretty cool. Because, yeah, we're all really proud of it. So, yeah, check that out. And if you don't uh, want to go or if you're not in Orlando and want to see it, it's also just on YouTube. So check it out either way. Nice. That's so cool. I love it. Thank you, Kira. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, <of course. laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter at garlic emoji. And um, also this past week, I mentioned it last week, but now as of today, it's officially out. Um, I was on a special episode of a special event called Mathau May, um, and I talked about Hello Dolly with friend of the pod Valerie and Trevor, 
and it was a lot of fun. And if you want to hear me actually talk about an actual like movie that I have thought about and analyzed for years and years, yeah, <laughs> a movie that I never have anybody to talk about it with, so I just ramble on for like an hour, you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> go, yeah. Go for it. <laughs> it'll be definitely a good change of pace than us talking about yeah. a mid two thousands movie each week that we yeah vaguely yeah, remember yeah. or yeah. whatever. Yeah. It'll, it'll definitely be fun. Hello, Dolly. Watch Hello, Dolly. I'll plug Hello, Dolly. It's on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, I was going to say it's on Disney+. Plus. I've <laughs> it's never seen three it. hours long. It's the happiest I've... movie you'll ever see in your life. Yeah, I've never seen it, but I... I it's just like I used to associate Mamma Mia with you. Yeah. I entirely associate that movie with you. So yeah. maybe one day I'll watch it. Yeah. And love it like I did Mamma Mia when I finally saw it. Exactly. Um, exactly. <laughs> also, I'll just say, one thing I do have to give you credit for, other than me like actually loving Mamma Mia... How much Mama Mia is a great conversation starter on Tinder? Like, that's a very good knowledge to have as a man on Tinder. Like, it's, it's really good to have. You're like, if you, can talk, if you can talk to someone about Mama Mia, they really like you. Like, it's really, mm-hmm. it's kind of amazing. <laughs> that should be, like, your conversation starter is, like, which dad are you? <laughs> no, literally, like, you don't know how many conversations I've had this year of just, like, talking about the Mama Mia dads. Like, it's, <laughs> it's, it's actually pretty impressive. <laughs> Uh, right. uh but also i feel like we plug in every episode but our voicemail like, yeah yeah we I had just... amazing voicemails for scott pilgrim and it made me so happy to listen to all those like because yeah. i listened to all of them before we recorded and i edited them all together just so we like had mm-hmm. them and it was it made me so happy um so he made me laugh really hard it was yeah yeah he said okay i'm gonna do a Fortnite dance now and he hung up but our phone number is always on our Twitter, on our Instagram. It's 631-319-0122. So send us a voicemail about any movie that you like. So, yes. Or the movie that we're covering. Yeah, so don't don't, yeah. don't, don't just send us a movie. voice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not any movie. But yeah. Hopefully on topic. We can um, take some suggestions, but <laughs> not always. <laughs> um, we, have, we have criteria. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, right. constructing criticism, many things. Just... Yeah, yeah, drag us, um, rate and review yeah. us, give us terrible reviews. I would love to. <laughs> All right. Well, did we beat the game? <laughs> I don't know how to end an episode. <laughs> just play Hello Zeph at the end, dude. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye, guys.